0: My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Bob Sutton professor at Stanford University is a New York Times best-selling author of nine books, including his most recent with co-author Huggy Rao titled The Friction Project. Bob co-founded Stanford Center for Work Technology and Organization, the Stanford Technology Ventures Program, and the D School. Bob has served as an advisor to McKinsey, Bain, and Microsoft as a fellow at IDEO and as faculty at the World Economic Forum, and he is currently a senior scientist at Gallup. Bob has given keynote speeches to more than 200 groups in more than 20 countries and has been a guest on numerous radio and television shows, including ABC, Bloomberg, BBC, CNBC, Fox, NBC Today Show, PBS, NPR, Marketplace, and CNN. I hope you enjoyed learning from Bob Sutton today, because I always do. Well, Bob, it's so great to see you again as one of the only repeat guests of the podcast. Oh, I'm
1: I'm honored. I'm honored. Oh, I just love talking to you. and I Uh, love what you do with the, the content. Thank you. I'm honored to be back.
0: I couldn't be happier to have you back, and you've been a, a great supporter of the show as well. You recently wrote a book titled Friction Project, How Smart Leaders Make the Right Things Easier and the Wrong Things Harder. So I would love to hear what lessons from this work you would most want to pass on to others.
1: Oh. Uh, so, let, so let's start with the headline. This is the title of Chapter 1, which is that um, from our perspective, after eight years of research, it sort of boils down to the best leaders, and we mean leaders anywhere in the organization, from CEOs to one of our stars is a DMV employee, Department of Motor Vehicles in California, um, that they see themselves as trustees of others' time, that they're always really sensitive to how others are acting. And just to tell you the Department of Motor Vehicles story, um, one of the heroes of the book was I went to the DMV. There were 60 people in line at the Department of Motor Vehicles in California. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to be here for three hours. We walked down the line, 730 in the morning, asked each of us what we were there for. Some people, he said, no, we can't help you with your passport, for example. Most of us, he gave forms. He told us what window to go through. I was out of there by 815. Well, wow. he was a trustee of our time. Now Huggy and I are in, in contact with the people who lead the Department of Motor Vehicles. They're doing a systematic effort to reduce burdens and frustration for citizens, and they're really making progress. So my line to my employer, Stanford University, since we both work for universities, and to just to a Google executive yesterday is um, that the California Department of Motor Vehicles can be trustees of our time and make things better. You can do it for your employees, too. And, uh, and and it's just by doing all the obvious stuff, training, handoffs, technology, and tracking the, the customer and the employee journey to make life easier for them. So, so that's sort of the headline. We have all sorts of examples in the book, but to me, that's the headline. If you think of yourself as a trustee, um, I think it changes the perspective. I love the framing because
0: yeah nobody wants to i you know presumably nobody wants to waste other people's time but i love the framing of this extra step of i'm a trustee i have this this yes. responsibility to not waste your time
1: and, and, and to be clear, like we talk about CEOs can have the biggest impact in, in big organizations. So when you're a CEO, if, if you send out a 2000 word email, that's kind of unreadable just because you blast it off in the middle of the night and you sent it out without asking anybody, which, by the way, happens in large corporations all the time, you are wasting maybe thousands of people's time. So that's just being a trustee. Awesome lesson. What other lessons from the book would you like to pass on? So my second lesson would be that for us human beings, our natural tendency, and this is all sorts of psychological research that supports this. Uh, sociological research is to add things to, to anything we do, whether it's a soup recipe, a vacation, improving a university. There's some, some great research by Lighty Klotz, who wrote the book, Subtract, that supports this. Um, but when we um, sort of switch on our subtraction mindset, and try to figure out what to remove, we can make things better. And we have to fight this natural tendency. And my very favorite example, and I'm using a lot of government examples, the book's mostly corporate, um, is that in the state of Michigan, there's there actually was a form that 2.5 million citizens, actually residency cheer filled, filled out. It was to get things like food, uh, um, health insurance, financial support for their family. It had a thousand questions. Oh, my my favorite or least favorite question was when was your child conceived? You had I don't know when my children were conceived, maybe you do. Um and um so 42 pages long and and a little nonprofit led by a guy named Michael Brennan they led an effort to improve the form. And to us this shows that you know friction fixing is a high effort um thing to do. They, they had to, first of all, uh, get the people who ran the agency who were responsible for the form on board. They did that. They, they worked with citizens. They, they worked with employees. They did six prototypes. And now, uh, they took them about two years. It's called Project Reform. Uh, your audience, they, folks, they can look up all the details on the Sevilla website. And the form's now 80% shorter. And it's being used throughout the state of Michigan. It takes about half the time to fill out... Um, many fewer visits to the lobby because people are, aren't are confused. And to me, that's a case of it was really a lot of work to fix it. Um, but now 2.5 million people a year have much less burden on them. That to me is that subtraction. And, and, and that's one that everybody wins. So I love that example.
0: Yeah, and certainly related to the first as, as well of being a trustee of people's time. It, it reminds me of this connotation I have in my head, partially with math improving equals addition i never yes. like numbers and math and improving it's like what can i do on top of everything to improve so it's just so funny how this connotation is so strongly linked in my brain improving equals addition
1: and you're saying improving off often equals subtraction and and, and and we have to fight our natural tendency so say so my co-author huggy is really obsessed with this notion that to design better jobs um, and since both of us are academic, just sort of every major theory has always been about adding more and more and more stuff for people to do to their jobs. Maybe we should take away some stuff. So so that's sort of an example of that.
0: Yeah, it reminds me also of uh, Jennifer Palka. I had her on the show recently. Oh, she's America. awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. And she was talking about how in Oakland, they're having a hard time filling potholes because uh, they have so many... Um, important steps to go through. You know they've been very thoughtful about all of the different stakeholders. Anytime you fill a pothole, and so you have all of these thoughtful things, all these processes that, in isolation, they were good ideas. When you right. add them all up, it keeps you from filling potholes.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's a classic thing that what uh, the road to hell is paved and literally, I guess, unpaved in this case by good intentions, yeah. because everybody's trying to make things better. But it's sort of like a tragedy of the common situations, but but nobody realizes that they're adding one more sort of thing. Um, so, you know, that, and that's one of also one of our favorite expressions from the book from the great social theorist, George Carlin, that uh, essentially he had this line that, uh, that, that my shit is stuff and your stuff is shit. So everything <laughs> we want to add, you know, my, my shit that's stuff, everything I want to add and it's, it's even like this. I'm thinking about like when we do curriculum design in universities, my class is the most important class. I don't care about your class, but my class has to be required. And pretty soon you end up with so many requirements because seven powerful professors all made their classes required when really only maybe one should be required. So that's the classic thing that happens. Well,
0: and the other tangent that I just have to share about George Carlin that I just always remember when I'm driving is everybody that drives faster than you is a maniac. And everybody that drives slower than you is an idiot. So you're right. He's, he's a great social
1: theorist. <laughs> he, he was a great social theorist. Okay, so so we've done two lessons. I, I'm used to the Nate show that we're efficient for your audience. This is not like a lot of long blabbing. The third one, and this is really mushy, but I I kind of uh, am kind of falling in love with the idea of love at least this week. And and we do talk about this in in the book. And and so, uh, and this comes from two places. One is that there's a wonderful woman. She passed away. Her name's Segal Barsad. She died young. Um, she was at uh, University of Pennsylvania at the Wharton Business School, and she wrote research on companionate love, the notion that when people in a workplace have you know platonic love for one another, that uh, they like their jobs more, they perform better, they treat customers better, and so forth. So, so I, with that in the back of my mind, when we when we were uh, for, for we ran a little show called The Fixers just briefly, uh, we we interviewed this amazing guy named Todd Park. So Todd Park, uh, what he's most famous for was um, when he was CTO of the in the Obama administration, he led the effort that fixed the Obamacare website when he got there. Um, if you clicked on the side, it would take eight seconds before the page would move. This is like old AOL days or something, you know, really slow internet, really a mess. And, 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 and he brought together sort of the lifetime bureaucrats and sort of hot shots from Silicon Valley. And he got them to fix the problem. Before that, he and his brother Ed started a company called um, Athena Healthcare. They sold for a fortune. They're sort of MBA types. And, and now they have a company called Devoted Health. It's in 13 states, and the concept is that there's one point of contact, if you're 65 or older, that you contact this one person who helps you with all your health care needs. So Medicare, insurance, uh, things like your dentist, uh, non-prescription drugs and things like that. They help you with everything, and, and, and he's a great logistics guy. If you sort of think about a great software guy, he's an MBA type, but he said what we start with is love. And and he's and, and he's so charismatic, and his perspective was um, so when you contact one of our employees for help, for help, um, that person they think of you as like your mother or your father. That's the person that you're helping. And 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 if you just think about the amount of love for you have your for your mother or father when you're helping them. And I just remember, you know, unfortunately both my parents have have passed away, but I remember how frustrating it was for them to deal with the healthcare system and how difficult it was. And they were both very competent administratively and it was still very difficult. And I love that idea that if you start with the love. And then you build the logistics behind it so that they don't have to deal with all the fragmentation and friction that's part of, of healthcare, and it's so difficult to navigate. And, 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 and I really like, like that idea of, you know, starting with love or, you know, some people might be more comfortable with care, deep caring and empathy. In, in, in using that as the first design principle and then backing up from there, as opposed to how do we save as much labor costs as possible, um when when people when people call us and then they put you on hold for 57 minutes because well they it's cheaper for them than if you're on hold for seven minutes, for example.
0: You know, and, making it making it difficult to cancel things or you know, trying to trick you into long-term
1: subscriptions. You can feel it when the companies are not leading with love. Yeah. So a, a great example of that, which is in the book and we fact-checked it extensively, is is Netflix. Um, and so this was when they early days, this. This is like 2005, 2006. They used to have a situation where it was hard to cancel. And then um, Reed Hastings, the CEO, was embarrassed by it. And so were a whole bunch of people, including Patty McCord, who was basically head of HR in those days. And they made it. And if you go to Netflix, just one click, it's really easy to cancel. And they did that initially so they wouldn't be embarrassed. Wow. Literally, literally, that that's what Reed would say. He'd go to parties and people would give him grief because he couldn't cancel it. But then they figured out that one reason that they were able to be so effective in the long term was they had more sensitive data about the quality of of uh, of their offering because people could cancel so easy they 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 had less noisy data as opposed to i don't know something like a gym or maybe you don't want people to cancel yeah. um or or the new york times which is pretty difficult to cancel actually so so to me i i really sort of like that notion that patty mccord and there's a guy named eric colson who was uh, an engineer that we interviewed about it, and they said the the kind of good surprising thing is we figured out we had better data and we could respond more quickly um, than our, than our you know than our competitors who had trouble canceling. So so that's a case where removing the friction actually gave them faster and more accurate data about customer satisfaction data, basically.
0: And maybe a little bit of a, a tangent, but um, my wife and I kind of cycle through the different subscriptions. And uh, because Netflix is easier to cancel, in my mind, it's also easy to sign up. So I feel like I'm yep. excited to sign up again because I know I can get out of it when I need to. So I wow. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a great example. Well, I,
0: I I love these lessons, Bob, and I love the idea of love and logistics, and I think it certainly works in the in the workplace, and I think it's probably a good idea to uh, use that mindset in in basically all areas of life. So
1: yeah, if you care about people, it helps.
0: <laughs> so great to talk with you again, Bob. I love the lessons. I, I you know I, I want to be a. a trustee of your time. so we're, And yours. We're at the time, but I, I just look forward to sharing these with my students and other professionals and children. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast
1: again oh, today. Oh, thanks so much, David. It's just a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickels and Dimes. I always love learning Bob's lessons. First, the best leaders see themselves as trustees of others' time. As Bob told his employer at Stanford and even a Google executive yesterday, If the California DMV can be trustees of our time, you can do it for your employees too. Second, our natural tendency is to add things to anything we do, whether it's a recipe, a vacation, or our jobs. But when we switch to the subtraction mindset, we can vastly improve things. In the state of Michigan, there was a form that 2.5 million residents filled out that had 1,000 questions. But thanks to project reform, the form is now 80% shorter and takes half the time. Third, lead with love. Starting with love and then building the logistics behind it can lead to vastly improved experiences compared to starting with the logistics of, for example, how can we make it difficult to cancel? And in the case of Netflix, when they made it easy to cancel, they got much better data. In summary, the best leaders view themselves as trustees of others' time, and Bob gave us two great ways to do that. Think improvement by subtraction and lead with love. All simple ideas, please take them seriously. Nate Mickle here with a couple requests. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on your podcast player. Lastly, if you're like me and want to remember all of the lessons shared in previous episodes, visit the list of lessons page on my website, NateMickle.com, to see all of the lessons that each previous guest has shared. Thanks for your support.